being a business owner is not a linear path. There are twists and turns along the way. Some are gifts and some are not, but one thing is for sure. Adaptability is the name of the game if you want to continue to grow into your success. Today, I'm joined by one of the most talented teachers I know. She's a smart business owner, and I'm lucky enough to call her a friend. Victoria Tori Kappen is here today to share with us her journey in the Pilates world and what she's learned about business and life along the way. Well, hi there. I'm Sarah Glanfield. I'm a business and marketing strategist just for boutique fitness studio owners like you. If you're ready to be inspired and make a bigger impact, you're in the right place. All you need are a few key strategies, the right mindset, and some support along the way. Join me as I share the real-life insights that will help you grow a sustainable and profitable studio. This is the Pilates Business Podcast. Welcome back to the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm Saren, and I'm thrilled that you are here with me today because I have got one of my favorite Pilates people here with me. Um, I know that you are going to love getting to know her also. Yep, Victoria Tori Kappen is here. She's in the house. She's here today to talk to us all about her journey in the Pilates world. She's a studio owner, a teacher of teachers, one of the most popular teachers on Pilatesology. And like I said, I am also fortunate enough to call her a friend because we actually met in New York way back when I was learning to teach and Victoria was about to step into the studio ownership world. So that tells you just how long we've known each other, maybe 12 years, maybe 13, but we don't need to talk about that. (laughs) So welcome, Victoria. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. So good to see you. And I'm so excited that you're here to share um, of all the things. So why don't you start by um, introducing yourself to all of the lovely listeners and sharing perhaps a little bit about how you got into Pilates and, and when that was in your in your world? Sure. So I um, was first exposed to Pilates when I was in college. I was at Goucher College. The dance, I was in the dance department. I was not originally pursuing a dance major. I thought I wanted to do poli sci, which I figured out my sophomore year I really didn't like. Um, but when I, well, in my classes, one of my teachers had recommended that she thought I would really benefit from, from Pilates because I had a significant weakness. My left side of my back was much weaker and affected my ability to turn and stand on that leg. Um, And Goucher actually offered Pilates as an academic credit course. So I was very difficult, difficult to get in. You know, (laughs) I had to like show up right away at the admissions office. You know, you can't get in as a freshman because you have to wait for all the upperclassmen to get in. So I, that's where I started. And I think it was a real blessing. My teacher had been trained by Romana's, by Romana herself. Um, and the director of the program, Elizabeth Ahern, did a really, really excellent job of creating a curriculum out, an academic curriculum out of Pilates. And it looked a lot like a, the beginning of a teacher training program. It was not a teacher training program, but a lot of the, a lot of similar requirements. Um, and I did it all throughout college. Um, I was a nanny and I used all my extra cash to take Pilates <laughs> lessons. 
<laughs> so that's what I did. I, I, I took care of kids on my, on my time off, but just so I could take Pilates. Um, that's how much it changed my life. I was that motivated as a 19 year old to spend my money on private lessons. And uh, when I was a senior, I was thinking about going to graduate school. And I thought, well, I'm going to get certified because I can make a lot more money teaching Pilates than I could being a nanny. Yes. Smart. <laughs> so I, See, like, I told you she was smart. I'm going to take a year off and get my certification so that I can work while I'm in graduate school. So I, I moved to New York. Um, I lived in an apartment with three other girls that were apprentices in a studio apartment and I was at Drago's at 6.30 every morning cleaning the mats. Right. <laughs> Back in the days. Oh, the good old days. Back in the days. Yeah. Um, but it was, it, it was, I've had the, I had the ability to only focus on that. I didn't have any other requirements on my time, attention or money. I was young and I, you know, I, I could invest all of my time and money in that training. Um, so that was a blessing. And uh, I was also very fortunate to be training with Ramana. Um, that was at the end of her days in New York when she was transitioning to Texas. And when she moved to Texas, I would travel a couple times a year to train with her there. Um, and I feel very lucky that I had that opportunity um, because not many people my age had that opportunity because I was very young. I was in my early 20s. Um, so I'm really grateful that I had that as part of my life. And uh, then I started teaching. I was living in Baltimore and I started teaching and I realized that I didn't want to go back to school. Yeah. <laughs> you found the thing. How it amazing. Was, yeah. It was kind of funny because I had done my GREs. I, I was all prepared. I, I, knew what kind, I knew what kind of programs I wanted to do. And I just, you know, I was really... I was really happy doing that. And I think that I, there was a moment there was, I actually know the client that I had that changed this for me. She was in her sixties and had had polio as a child. And so what happens, I mean, I'm not a medical expert. I'm just telling you my experience with my client was um, you're, you know, she recovered from polio and led a total normal, healthy adult life. But then later on, she started having muscle atrophy and paralysis because the polio, it doesn't leave your body. It's still there um, in the same side of her body that she'd had when she was sick as a child. And she came to Pilates and I didn't know very much about what was going on. I had to do a lot of research and educate myself. Um, and I was also working at a place where I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have someone I could go talk to and ask what to do. Um, so I kind of had to figure it out on my own. And I think that that experience really made me realize how much you can learn just through life experiences and work. And you don't necessarily have to go to school to learn everything that if you're willing, there's a lot of valuable things. And I think it was that challenge that made me realize that I wanted to keep doing this and the positive impact that Pilates had on this woman's quality of life was it was really impactful to me as a, as a young teacher, you know, I, 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 I was very athletic and I really liked doing the advanced challenging workouts and really working with this client made me realize how much power there is in small movements and small changes. 
Um, so I think that was really the turning point for me when I realized I wanted to really keep doing this a little bit longer. Then in 2007, I moved to New York with my husband, Nick, and I began working at, well, it was formerly Drago's and then had become True Pilates. And uh, before I moved there, I received a phone call from a woman named Sylvia Hyman. And she said, I heard you're moving to New York and I want you to teach at my studio. And I was shocked because I'd only told two people at that point that I was moving to New York. So I'm like, how does this woman know that I'm moving to New York? <laughs> oh, that's funny. But Sylvia is a woman that's always in the know and yeah. knows who to talk to. And she had found out from her teacher, Cynthia, that I was going to be moving to New York. And she called me right away. And I agreed to work for her um, at Pilates on 66. Yes. And I did not know what uh, where that would lead me much later on in my life. Um, so I worked for five years as an employee. I worked for the two studios as an employee and I experimented a little bit with renting space and, you know, building an independent clientele of my own. But I think what was important about that time was not having a ton of responsibility because it gave me the freedom to really explore a lot of different things. Um, and then probably in my late twenties, I think I was around 28 or 29, I really started feeling the itch for something more. And I was like, I'm going to go back to school. You know, I don't want to say I was getting bored, but I was getting antsy. I was looking for another challenge. Um, and I was like, I'm going to go back to school. And so I was looking at some programs at Columbia. I was looking at schools in New York and trying to figure out, because what I originally wanted to go back to school was for was developmental psychology. And now my focus had changed much more into movement. So I, you know, my ideas of what I wanted were very different. And also my GREs didn't matter anymore. I was going to have to take more tests. <laughs> I was going to have to be a student again. So I was thinking about all of those things. And at the same time, I have a very good friend of mine who's a physical therapist who asked me to teach Pilates out of his new space downtown, down on Union Square. And I said, yes, because I said, okay, this is a great opportunity for me to start building my own business. If I'm not going to go back to school, I'm going to start my own business. Um, so I ordered my Graz equipment and this is what I was going to do. And maybe two months later, Sylvia, the owner of Pilates on 66, approached me and asked me, like, what do you want? Like, what do you want to do beyond teaching? Because I think she knew that I wasn't satisfied with only just teaching. And I told her, I said, you know, I, I thought about going back to school or opening a business. And she said, well, I'm done running my business because I want to retire. I have grandchildren. I want to enjoy my time with them. Do you want to buy my business? And so I said, I'll look into it. So, you know, we did all of the non-disclosures and shared all the information. And it was for me the risk was really a no brainer. You know, I, I have to say that Sylvia really made it possible for me. And I'm super appreciative that she did that because I was young and I did not have the money to put it up front right away. Um, and she made it very accessible for me to purchase the business from her. She worked with me and I think it was a really lovely opportunity. And I hope that there are more teachers out there that one day are going to have the same experience I had of a business owner who wants to uplift and promote the next generation, because that's really what she wanted to do. Although she was, she was 
uh, kind of done with running the business, she was she also wanted to see the the business continue on. She wanted she to see cared it for the clients on. very Absolutely. deeply as well. Yes, and um, she. And she but she was a very, I remember having the com- many conversations with you around, right around that time. And it was a very unique situation because she was willing to allow you to, to do whatever you really wanted with the business because yes. she just wanted to see it succeed. That was her goal and her intention yes. at that time. Yeah. And so she was, she offered you the studio and in, in, um, in a way that, you know, was, is, is actually very unusual for how she set up the deal, um, and what you paid and everything else. And so I think that she just was, was just so, it was so generous of her to be thoughtful about it, the clients. It really was. And in, in that yes. way and, and what, how, you know, and what a wonderful person. I mean, she cared <laughs> about the employees. She cared about the clients. Like she told me the things that were important to her. And I really, I mean, up until, you know, when I had to change course, that was always the most important thing. I don't ever want to say don't make money because everyone wants to make money when you have a business, but you can't make money without your clients, you know, and happy and happy clients are the best PR you can ever have. Uh, And that was something that Sylvia did really well that I did not realize until a couple of years into the business. She never spent a dime on advertising. It was a referral-based business. Now, this is also a time when, you know, the business didn't even have a website. Right. You know, it didn't have a website. There was no social media. Boutique fitness is not even close to what it is right now back then. I no, mean, I still have it. Yes, it was 2010. Yeah, the end of 10 or beginning of 11. Yeah. She gave me a box of index cards. That's right. That yep. was my client list. Yeah. I still have it. I will never like go. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to show it to my grandchildren. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that was how you ran a business back then in New York. It was very old school. You know, everything was written down on cards. Well, and, we're in um, such a different world now altogether. I yeah, mean, it was you know, very, very different. Such a different world. Um, and it, it's it's interesting because it was all, all of you know, the clients came because of the reputation, her reputation and the reputation of the teachers that she hired and how she managed the business. Yeah. And um, she knew her clients well, very well. She so knew, she knew what they cared very about. Well. She knew what they were looking for. And that's why and she, she selected yes. you. And she, right. Yes, and because she knew that you and would stand by all of that and be able to keep, and you did, you retained yeah, every did. single one I, of her I've, clients. I've retained every single one of the clients. Um, I didn't lose anybody. And, uh, it was, and I also have to say she demonstrated to the, I mean, she really mentored me. I, I learned a lot about, I learned a lot. I mean, my early education in business was from Sylvia and, you know, she would meet me for coffee every week and ask me how the business was going and tell me what my problems were. And, you know, she was very, there were things that she would tell me, you can't stress about that. Let it go. Like there were things that I would be in my head forever about. And she would be like, let that one go. That one doesn't matter. And then when it was important, she would tell me when it was important. Um, And I think that that was really helpful to have that support. And I'm so appreciative that I had somebody that believed in me and made that opportunity. I mean, I was, like I said, I was not 30 yet. I had not had my 30th birthday, you know, (laughs) I I had, you know, I had a lot to lose. Um, but it was a really 
positive experience and it was very unique. And I know it's unique because of her. So um, tell us then when you kind of, you were in, you, you know, you had, you know, Sylvia, you know, took you under her wing and supported you from as a mentor, but when you, you know, stepping into that role, because you had gone from being a teacher in that studio. Oh, that was really hard. Yeah. And then becoming the leader, you know. I got it. That, that was really. Dynamic shift was, is always a challenge, right? Tell us about that. I have to tell you, I was an, even when I was the owner of my business, I was still an employee of my business for years. I really don't think that that shifted until I owned the business for eight years. Wow. Yeah. That's how long I felt like I was an employee, not an owner, because, uh, and let me tell you, every single one of the employees was much older than I was by 10 years or more. So that is a challenge in itself when you are taking over a business and everybody that works for you is 10 to 20 to 25 years older than you. And they're expecting certain things. And now before I was the baby of the studio, I really was, I was the youngest one there. And now I was the one in charge. I, that was one of the biggest learning moments in my life. And it took years. It did not happen overnight. And even the clients, I have to say a, a lot of them still treated me, not like I was the owner. They treated me like I was the, the employee of the business. Um, it really took years. And I, and I think you know, I, I think the first thing is I didn't change anything for the first 18 months because you have to let the business stabilize and that takes time. And it did. Um, everyone trusted me that I was going to do that. I was going to make decisions that were good for everybody. And once I had that trust, I was able to start making some changes. And it wasn't until I was able to start making changes that people really saw me more as the owner than just the employee. Um, and at this time I hired a business coach, which was a very illuminating experience because it was not positive. Um, <laughs> it wasn't me. It was not Saran. Just to be clear. It was not Saran. <laughs> it was somebody that a friend of mine had recommended. And basically this woman really had no idea what it meant to run a service-based business and did not know what it meant to be a fitness studio. She didn't like her clients were all very corporate. You know, she did not understand the service industry. She didn't understand my pricing. She didn't understand any of it. And at this time, let me remind you, Soul Cycle was a baby studio on the Upper West Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had not, it was not like, that's like, that's how early in the fitness industry, the boutique fitness industry we're talking about. Like there might've been Barry's Boot Camp. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. No, this was, there um, was one bar studio to maybe two bar studios. Yes. It was there was physique fifty seven. There was physique fifty seven. Um, and exhale. There was Soul Cycle. And maybe Soul Cycle. Yeah, I, I know because I lived on the Upper West Side, and I remember hearing about Soul Cycle. Yeah, this, like it was the secret yeah. thing that you had to get into. You know, no one like you didn't. No know one how really to knew where it, it was. <laughs> no yeah. one knew where it was. <laughs> that's right. So that's like th there was no there was no coaches for boutique businesses. Um, and then after that experience, I started working with you, Saran. That's right. We worked together for a We worked together. And that was years. a really pivotal moment for me. Um, I think that's really where I started claiming ownership of my business. Yeah. Um, because when I bought my business, I didn't have a business plan. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't have a direction. I was just doing what the person before me had done. And yeah. 
trying to figure that out and also stay true to the roots of the business is it's a it's a tricky thing you know you're being pulled in different directions you're being pulled in different Mm. directions um so i mean i saran i still have the business model canvas oh yeah she sent saran sent me in the mail this big white piece of paper with the sticky notes i still have it and it's like my index cards i'm never gonna let it go because we didn't have all these online tools. <laughs> right. No, we did not. No, it was we didn't sticky have notes. Any of it. And yeah. <laughs> sticky notes and a piece of paper. Oh, I remember. Um, I know. Long time ago. But that was the beginning. I really feel like that was the turning point. Actually, that negative experience with that coach helped me know what it was that I actually wanted from a coach. Cause I didn't know that before. You know, sometimes you have to do something and realize that it's not working for you to then know what you are looking for. And I think that that experience was pretty important. And I think the other thing that I learned from that experience is, is you have to learn how to do every single job within your business, even if you're not the one that's going to end up doing it. Because if you're going to delegate it to somebody else, you have to know what it takes in order to do that job. Um, And I think that that's something that I gained a lot of respect from my employees and my clients for is because they saw that and they saw that struggle because trying to wear all of those hats as one person is so challenging. And it's even more, for me, it's even more challenging to delegate. I'm, it's, it's a hard thing. If you're not good at it, it's, you have to train yourself to teach somebody else to do it and then be hands off and just Mm -hmm. let them go. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, so I think that was really when I started learning about management, you know, that was one of the, a lot, I worked for a long time with you many years on management and yeah. I learned a lot. Yeah. Um, and I about think that it's, a, you know, when you, everyone has a, every studio is different, you know, there's no, there's no one, uh, well, there's no, there's no one way to build a studio, but every studio is unique because it has a unique set of clients, has unique set of teachers. It has unique location. I mean, everything about it and it's all of those pieces of the puzzle that form to make the full picture. And for your, in your situation, you know, you were able to step into a studio and take ownership of a studio that had a solid client base that really was, um, had a very consistent revenue stream. So your immediate, there was not that sort of an immediate, um, urgency to, you know, fix anything, right? It yes. was, it was, you were, it was sort of like, okay, let's sort of let the dust settle. Let's see how things go. Let's see where the gaps are. Let's, and then let's try to refine and improve. Right. And so, exactly. and that's what you then went and did. And, you know, always there are things that come up. There are, there are teachers that yeah, leave, and, there are clients that leave, there are pricing that needs to be changed. All the time. Yes. Yeah. And that's the part that, you know, can, you can get stuck on very, very quickly and very, very easily. Very easily. And I think the other thing that happened is during this period of time, the boutique fitness industry evolved. Yes, very quickly. I mean, and then I had to start using MindBody, you know, mm-hmm. and that was at a time when MindBody was at the very beginning. The learning curve was very steep. I cannot tell you how many tears were shed <laughs> on MindBody in the beginning and then I hated it so much. I moved to Fitness Booker, which is, what is that now? Does it even exist? Well, I think it's just booker.com well, maybe. It's somebody bought, somebody then bought Then MindBody bought, bought it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, that was even more tears because then I realized that Fitness Booker couldn't do everything that MindBody could do. And I actually needed all of the things that MindBody could do. So I went back to MindBody. And, uh, you know, this is, 
you know, it's, it's a steep learning curve and, um, you know, it's you're doing it and it's, and it's, it's not, a lot. It's, you're doing it at night when you're yes, tired, when you're tired. And in between and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it was a lot. And it, you know, now, now I think I could ne- right now I'm like, I would never run a business without a booking system right. ever. Yeah. Whereas then you were <laughs> now, trying to avoid using years, one completely. Yeah. Yeah. Years. I was trying to avoid it. And now I'm with the mindset. I, why would I, what's the insanity? Why would I ever run a business without a booking system? Well, I think the difference is, um, that you would, it was, it was like, which, which came first, right? So the business came first yeah. and then the booking system had to stick onto the business. Whereas now when you're, when you're starting, yes. you know, you're the next, you start with, you'll start with, you're like, Oh, what can I do here? And you're kind of work yeah. the other way. Like, Oh, I can add this on and I can upsell into that. And I can, I think add it's this easy. I think it's, I think the, having the business and sticking the system on the, it's very, it's very sticky. It's very messy. Yeah. I recommend starting with the booking system, <laughs> no matter how small you are, you don't need something fancy. You don't need buying body. You know, that's, that's the great thing out there. There's so many choices now that we didn't have back. So then. many choices. And the There's other thing so many choices. To, to remember, I think when you for, for, especially for Pilates studios is that there is a lot of different, um, the, 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 the pricing and the scheduling can get very complicated, not complicated. That's the wrong word. Complex quickly. It, it's, it's um, you're teaching privates in in on pieces of equipment with multiple teachers, and you need to often move around equipment if if you're a, a type of studio that does that. So you can't have every piece of equipment full on an, within an hour, right? And that's just the privates. And then if you have duets or trios or small groups, that's a separate. Uh, scheduling kind of conflict that happens. And then you've got the pricing combinations that make all those things quite different. So actually, when you think about what you're asking of a booking system, it's a, is a, it is a, they needs to have a lot of different moving parts and it gets, yes. it gets complex quite quickly. It gets very complex. And you, we keep adding. And it goes more. back to the, it goes back to the business coach thing that yeah. we were talking about. You know, I, you know, the first one could not direct me in any of these, like she wasn't educated in any of this stuff. And it is, it is now something that you need. I think, you know, your clients are doing things on their phones. You know, they, they want to be able to book an appointment with you from their phone. Um, you get, cancel you it. do get paid and reschedule yeah, you cancel it and you get paid faster. You know, mm-hmm. you, you really do credit card fees are annoying, but you get paid faster. You're not running I was accepting only checks and I was running after clients for checks. I mean, that alone was a huge stress that I was willing to pay the fees for. Well, and the fees, the way to think about the credit card fees, honestly, for anyone who is still not accepting and doesn't want to accept credit cards is it's a cost of doing business, right? It's like you're paying rent, you're buying equipment, you're paying credit card fees. It's a cost of doing business. I agree. You build it into your expenses because I'm telling you, the amount of time that you spend running after people to pay you and get their checks, you're going to get your time back. You know, you're going to, you can spend your time doing something else. And, you know, it's, you're spent time is money, you know, and it's, it's how you, where you decide to just, you know, to put the, where you want to put those resources. So it was very, it was, I, I have to say it was, I really, you know, when I started with that business, there was no fitness industry. I owned and ran the business for 10 years and I, you know, it, I had to evolve with the growing industry. You know, I, it, social media is not something I do. It's not something I did in college. It's not something I even did in my twenties. 
You know, it's not something I want to spend my free time on. It's not part of, you know, my, my niece who's 18 is way more competent because she grew up using that stuff. Um, so, and I feel really old saying this, but it's, you know, it's all about what you need, you know, and I didn't need it, but then I, you know, later on you, you do need to do it because especially after COVID, that's where people are. That's how people communicate now. So, um, so tell it's, us it's about, about communication. Tell us about how you, 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 you ran the studio in New York for 10 years. Um, and, but you no longer live in New York. So tell us a little bit about that sort of transition. So at the age of, at the age of 30, uh, 34, right, right before I turned 35, I decided, you know, my husband and I decided that we had an expiration date on New York and we both wanted to move when we were 40. We had a lot of different ideas about where we would end up. Um, and at that point I decided, I was like, I really, I had never really had a plan for my business about what I wanted to do with it later on. And I then started working with you, Saran, and we started working on that, um, about what I needed to do to prepare my, like, to really solidify the systems and operations and everything in my business to prepare it for whatever transition I was going to choose. And I, at that time, got pregnant with my first son, Theo. So it was really important that I was working on all of those things because I had to take a maternity leave. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's interesting how these you put these things out in the universe about what you want. Um, and shortly after my son's first birthday, my husband told me I, he wanted to move. His, he wanted to leave his job. He was not progressing there. And I said, okay, well, let's be really open-minded about this. Let's look beyond New York and see what happens. And he was, without even doing anything, he was recruited by um, a large hospital company and uh they nashville was one of the cities they were offered him to relocate him to um and so we weren't prepared to do it it really wasn't in the cards but it was a really good professional opportunity for him and i think this is important to say my husband supported me so much in the 10 years that i own my business i mean I really am so grateful that I had a partner in life who saw that this made me happy and was supportive of it and helped me make my dreams and my visions come true. And this was really a time where I felt like this was a really good opportunity for him and we needed to pursue this for his career. And it has turned out to be really phenomenal for him. So I'm very grateful. And it goes back to Ron and I have talked about this like seasons in life and not to say I had my turn because I'm not over like I'm not done yet <laughs> no, no, no 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 we are so not done yet Victoria <laughs> I don't want to make it sound like that no but it definitely was I was like this is an opportunity that we can't ignore and so in the end of 2019 we moved and uh we bought a house here in Nashville and I really didn't have a plan for what I was going to do I was still figuring that out I had uh, somebody managing the studio for me, one of my teachers, which was going well. And then COVID happened. Um, and I have to say that was the most challenging. It was for everybody. I mean, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone did not have a challenging no. year. Everyone yes. was challenged. It was, a, it was an enormously challenging was, for the world. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. all of my plans, all my plans went right out the window. You know, because like everyone else, you're scrambling. 
But I do want to say the silver lining was Zoom and virtual teaching. Because I, for years, for years, I had had teachers in Europe and overseas asking me to teach them virtually. And I kept saying, no, I don't want to teach on a computer. Plus, I teach 30 plus hours in stu- in a studio. Like, when do I have the time to teach anybody online? Right. <laughs> like, no, I won't do it. Um, and then, you know, years later, here I am. <laughs> here we are. That's what we're doing. So yeah. you can never say never. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and so that's where it evolved to. And in the end of 2020, I became pregnant with my daughter, Rosie, and knew that there was no way I could continue the long distance ownership of the business. Um, and even take care of myself. I mean, at that point I was not, let alone take care of my family and my business. I was barely able to take care of myself, which I think a lot of people felt at this point, you know, Anybody that has children, you didn't have childcare. You know, we were all at our wits' end at that point. Um, so I just I let go of my physical space in New York, and I kept my clients, um, which was an amazing thing. You know, I it, had it not been for COVID, I would have not had that outcome. Mm, okay, you know? maybe, maybe, but yes, maybe, I think, maybe. I I don't think I would have envisioned that outcome. No. I would not have worked for that outcome. Do you right. know what I mean? Yes. It might have happened, but COVID pushed me into something that I didn't think was possible or I would be doing, and I ended up doing it, and I ended and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that, but because that's not what I thought I would be doing. So I think it's you just can't. You just have to. I, I think you just have to always look at an opportunity and say yes. And look for how it's going to work for you. I mean, I, that's the Pilatesology thing. I think it's one of my favorite stories is I was a body for Kathy Ross Nash. She had made me do this hour and a half long advanced reformer. You can see the video. People still talk to me about it today. Directly afterwards, Elisa says to me, will you teach for us? Will you do a, de- will you do a test? Will you do a test video? And I said, yes. I had no idea what I was going to teach. I just said, yes. And I came up with an idea in five minutes of something that I did with my clients on a regular basis. And I taught it to Elisa. And at the end of the video, when they were done filming, she said, we have two days available. Can we come to your studio and film you? Yeah. And I said, yes, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) you know, you just have to say yes. Do you know what I mean? But then I think the thing that I've learned with age is to know what your boundaries are, because I didn't have any boundaries when I was younger. And now as I become older, those boundaries become, so you can say yes. And this is make it work for you, you know? And I think that that's, I think that's really when I look back at, you know, 20 years of teaching, cause that's how long it's been. It's yes. I, you know, I said yes to Sylvia when she asked me to work for her, you know, it's, it's grabbing the opportunities in front of you and then making them work for what you want. And they may not even they may not even turn out the way you think, yes, <laughs> you know, you never know. True. But, um, but I think that that's, I think that's a really important thing in life, you know, is I, I'm a, I'm an optimist. I'm a very optimistic person. <laughs> yes. And I think, you know, the other wonderful thing just to reflect back on, given your, you know, your, uh, the path that has, you have traveled during your career as a teacher and a studio owner and a business owner into today is that was a couple of things I want to point out, but you know, you, um, you had, you developed, you were for, you know, having this skill to teach Pilates or, or any sort of, um, or anything really is such a gift. 
because it means that you can it will that you can go places and you have a gift that will always be able to bring you an income of some sort and you're not relying as always on someone else to hire you into a position right you're you oh i think you that's can, true yeah you can you can if go you're anywhere. willing to be creative if you're willing to be creative you can come up uh, with you can come up with so many possibilities in fact i mean we've talked about this in the thrive group you know, you have so many ideas that you can't even say yes to all of your right. ideas. You yes. have to go through and pick pick out which are the ones that are best for where you're at and which ones are going to serve you for the place that you're at in your life right now. Yeah. And having as as much, I mean, I still am grieving New York. I mean, my <laughs> people, people ask like, are you happy here? My husband says, well, I am. My wife is still acclimating. <laughs> She's still becoming happy because I I really wasn't ready to leave New York. I'm not unhappy. I don't want to say that, but it's just, it's, you know, I really wasn't ready to let go, but I also knew that I had to meet my life where I was at at that moment, you know, and where, where I had to look at all of the aspects of my life and make decisions that fit my life. Um, and I think that that's a huge part of the, the beauty of teaching Pilates is it gives you that flexibility. It does. Um, it does. You know, you don't, you don't get that in corporate America. No. You know, you don't, you don't get that ability, the, the opportunity for creativity. And, um, I mean, it's not to say there aren't hardships and risks. There right. really are. But for me, for me, those outcomes outweigh the risks. You know, I've taken a lot of risks and the, op- the, the benefits have outweighed have outweighed the risks always. Yeah. So it's been, it's been nice. And, and now, and what's now, next? And now, now, <laughs> um, so now I'm, I'm working on doing events. Yes. So I'm not going to have a, I have a studio in my home. I have a home studio, which has been lovely. And you teach some people uh, in person and you teach, I teach online also. Yeah. I teach in person and I teach online and, um, the nice thing about coming out of COVID is I've really started to meet people in the Nashville Pilates community and um, I'm collaborating with another studio owner and we're going to be producing Pilates events in Nashville Fun. for teachers and enthusiasts. Very so exciting. It's nice to, I, I'm, I'm a team player. I really don't like being in this studio by myself above my garage. <laughs> I want to be with other people. Yeah. I want to be here talking with you, Saran. Yeah. I want to be teaching next to somebody, you know, that's my personality. Um, so I'm really happy to be collaborating with Lindsay. Um, so yeah, that's what, what's, what's on the horizon is events in Nashville. We'll see where it goes from there, but for the time being, this works for me. Yeah. Um, so Wonderful. I'm, I'm happy to be doing that. It's fun. It's very exciting. I'm very excited. It's fun to do something different. Well, we'll see you in Nashville yeah. then, I guess. <laughs> yes. Come visit. It's a great city. Right. There's great restaurants. <laughs> I, I, I have to say it really is. It's so much smaller than New York, but it's, it's interesting being in a completely different part of the country. I've learned a lot about myself and I've learned a lot about other people and I appreciate that opportunity. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Moving is not, is not easy. And that transition with children and, and through COVID and everything, especially challenging, but thank you, Victoria, for sharing thank all of that. So it really has been a pleasure to help you along your journey in all the ways and to see you every week inside of our Thrive group program as well. So, um, 
Thank you for coming to share. Well, Thrive is what got me through COVID, I have to say. <laughs> I know. I get that those lot. calls were I, I, all those all those women, well, guys, everyone, it was really it was so helpful to connect with somebody once a week. So thank you for providing that resource. Oh yeah. It's, it's, and it's still going strong. We're all still there. Yep. It's still growing going. <laughs> every single week, every single week, everyone's there growing and make all coming up with some, all these ideas, right, Victoria? Yep. Like you said. It's great. Um, so, so yeah. So, um, thank you. thank you for coming and sharing so openly and so honestly about your path. And I think, you know, when you, it, 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 you know, owning a studio is, or being in the Pilates world, becoming a teacher is not a linear path at all. But I think that if you're willing to lean in, like you, Victoria, you've shared with us that all sorts of opportunities can come your way and you can go and create those opportunities as well for yourself if you're willing to. So as you've shown, so thank you for being such an inspiration to so many teachers and studio owners out there and for sharing everything you've shared with us today. So thank you. Thank you. I am going to link in the show notes to all of Victoria's um, social media and website. So if you want to get in touch with Victoria and learn more about the events she's planning and um, how you can um, and, and become uh, and learn more about how uh, you can perhaps uh, get to know Victoria a little bit more and um, learn more from her, then I will put that all in the show notes. You can also find her videos on Pilatesology. Um, she has quite a few fantastic videos on there um, that I would recommend you check out if you're a member. So thank you, Victoria. I will look forward to seeing you later this week instead of Thrive. Thank you. Did you love this episode and want more? Head to spring3.com and check out my free resources that will help you run a profitable and fulfilling studio business. And before you go, one last reminder, there is no one way to do what you do only your way. So whatever it is that you want to do, create or offer, you've got this. Thanks again for joining me today and have a wonderful rest of your day. Mm -hmm.